0: Music
1: Thank you, children. Uh, The rest of you, you have just witnessed uh, the highlight of this service. (laughs) Good morning, and welcome to our 8.30 service on this, the 24th Sunday after Pentecost. Advent is almost uh, here. Welcome to those of you in the room. Many more we know joining us online all over the place. It's good to worship God together in this way. My name is James Howell. I'm uh, one of the pastors here, and I'm up front this morning with my friend and colleague, Reverend Taylor Pride Barefoot.
2: Good morning, it's so good to see you all in worship. Um, as a reminder, we always love for you to let us know when you're here, so if you could sign in on the um, hospitality pads and the pews, that would be great. Um, we also want to draw your attention, as always, to the bulletin insert. Uh, as we just said, the holidays are coming, which means there are new things happening in the life of the church that we would love for you to pay attention to as we prepare for Advent. Um, One thing that we need your help in particular is our Thanksgiving table tithe. We are looking for $50 gift cards to Harris Teeter, and we're in need of those. So we um, encourage you to think about that as we prepare for Thanksgiving. Let us continue to worship the Lord in the house of the Lord. Let us continue to join our voices together in joy as we proclaim what we believe with our Apostles' Creed, which is found in our bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried.
1: Friends, it is our great privilege at this service to celebrate the Sacrament of Holy Baptism. Laura and Michael Wong bring their son, Michael Francis, for the sacrament today.
2: Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the Sacrament of Baptism, we are initiated into Christ's Holy Church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without, without price. So friends, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to renounce evil and repent of your sin? If so, say, we do. Do you confess Christ as your savior, put your trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord? If so, say, we do. do. And will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example, he may be guided to accept God's grace for himself, profess his faith openly, and lead a Christian life. If so, say, we will. We will. And will you, the members of Myers Park and Methodist Church, include this family now before you in your care? Will you proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ? Will you surround this family with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their service to others? And will you pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in a way that leads to life? If so, say, we will. will.
1: Friends, let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing exists but chaos, you swept across the waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. When you saw your people as captives in Egypt, you delivered them through the sea. Their children you brought into the promised land through the Jordan. In the fullness of time, you sent your son Jesus. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. And he calls on his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water in him who receives it, to wash away his sin and clothe him in righteousness throughout his life, that dying and being raised with Christ, he may share in your final victory. All praise you, eternal Father, through your son Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever and ever amen Michael Francis Wong I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Jesus said, I am the light of the world, therefore let your light so shine before others that they may glorify your Father who is in heaven. Child of God, as you grow in age, may you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we rejoice to welcome you to the family of God.
2: As we remember our own baptismal promises, may we join our voices in the prayer of confession which is found in our bulletin. Gracious God, we carry anger in our hearts we cannot release. Our past regrets continue to shame us with pain. Scarcity binds our hearts from generosity and growth. Give us courage to choose you in the face of temptations. Set us free for joyful obedience and faithful witness. Open us to a future of peace, hope, and love with you. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In
3: the name of Jesus Christ,
2: Glory to God. Amen.
3: The Old Testament reading is from Joshua chapter 24, beginning with the first verse. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Choose this day Whom you will serve but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord then the people answered far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods for it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage? And who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went? Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, you cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. But the people said to Joshua, nay, but we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourselves Then put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God we will serve, and his voice we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day at Shechem. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you for that reading. This passage uh, takes place uh, at an interesting location where I took our graduating high school seniors back in June. We're so proud of them. I took them to uh, the top of Mount Gerizim. Not many groups get to go there. We looked down to the Valley of Shechem there in Samaria, and I told them, and we read this passage aloud. This is where Joshua says to the people, you got to make a decision. You have to make many decisions. You have to make many decisions. What does this mean to make a decision for God? You might think of something like, I don't know, a Billy Graham revival where you commit your life to Christ. You might do that at confirmation. You say to God, you're the one. Uh, You're the axis around which my life turns. I believe in you. I commit myself to you. It might be a lifestyle, an ethics decision. It might be pursuing the spiritual life, which we've been talking about. It's a lot of little decisions. Going to church, you did this well. What you do with your money, praying, how you act, Uh, I love the humility in the passage. Uh, The people say, we will do this. And Joshua says, you can't serve the Lord, (laughs) like you're gonna mess up. And sometimes it's um, humorous the way people mess up. The other night, Lisa was uh, reading to me from the novel Lessons in Chemistry. There's a TV series on this now. And uh, Elizabeth is talking to her neighbor, Harriet. And uh, she asked her, you believe in God? And Harriet says, well, yes, why? Well, I just do, most people do. Elizabeth says, my mom doesn't. Harriet says, I know, trying to hide her disapproval. Harriet thought it was wrong not to believe in God. In her opinion, believing in God was required, like brushing your teeth or wearing underwear. (laughs) Work with me this morning. Certainly, all decent people believed in God, even indecent people, like her husband. (laughs) God is why they were still married and why their marriage was her burden to bear because it was given to her by God God was big on burdens. He made sure everybody got one (laughs) Besides if you didn't believe in God you also didn't get to believe in heaven or hell And she very much wanted to believe in hell because she very much wanted to believe that mr Sloan was going there and it goes on Lisa and I have fun at night reading to me and then I thought about a couple I was talking to this guy years ago, he was a church member of mine, and he narrated to me, he said, let me tell you about my uh, wedding night. I wasn't sure I wanted to know, but he began, he said, it was time to go to bed, and my wife knelt by the bed and said, we will kneel and pray before we go to bed. He said, I knelt and prayed, we have done that every night of our married life, every morning of our married life, first thing we read the upper room devotional. He was teary telling me this, and I was moved by this. Except I thought about him and his wife that I knew very well. They were both mean as hornets, like you ducked when you saw them coming. Things go wrong. Uh, when Joshua speaks to the people, he really says there are three choices that you have. It's so interesting. He says you can worship the gods of your ancestors, you can worship the gods of this land, or you can worship the Lord. That's so interesting. What does it mean to worship the gods of your ancestors which joshua rejects he says put away the gods of your ancestors i thought about this for the past couple of weeks i've told you before about my beloved grandparents mama and papa howell wonderful wonderful people i can't travel back in time and ask them about a few things but i've thought about this they were people who grew up who lived in the first half of the 20th century in the rural south i don't know what they thought about race these were the days when people in their part of the country were lynched did they know about this did they rush to someone's defense we can't know what would they have thought if we could have told them back then you will have a great granddaughter who will be a preacher i suspect they would have thought a woman creature? Couldn't imagine such a thing. I do not fault my grandparents for things they may have thought or believed. They were creatures of their time, like we are. I think they were as holy as they were able to be. My premise always is, is that when they died, when any of us die, we will get to heaven one day and God won't say, you were so right about everything. Everything. You will in that moment understand the truth about things you realize you got a few things right and a great many things You just got so very wrong and you'll laugh at yourself and you'll say wow. I really whiffed on that one I really whiffed on that one and they are up there rooting for us To do even better than they did holy as they were Joshua says put away the gods of your ancestors. He says put away the gods of this land it's easy to chide those who bow down to the vapid and vulgar gods of our land. That's an easy remark. I've been pondering one thing recently. See if you go with me on this. I read an essay recently by Marilyn Robinson. Marilyn Robinson you know, is the great novelist. She wrote uh, Gilead. My favorite of hers is called Housekeeping. Marvelous, thoughtful novels. She wrote an essay, in the beginning of it she said, I miss civilization and I want it back. I love that. I miss civilization and I want it back. What she is lamenting is the demise of education in our culture. She wrote another book that says, when I was a child I read books. She's trying to make a point that now books aren't that big a thing the life of the mind now everything's about gadgets now Everything is about what is monetizable. I was talking to a college president once. I'll leave him unnamed He was bragging to me how they had changed their entire Educational model and instead of focusing on the humanities now they are focusing on being able to get a job when you get out of school I have children who are a little underpaid at the moment, so I get that but the life of the mind what about the life of the mind? I asked this college president, and I said, What do you do to make your students wise? Once upon a time, that was the real point of higher education to make people wise. Christianity is about becoming wise, Christianity is about reading books, Christianity is about having wisdom. Marilyn Robinson wrote this. Now we are less interested in exploring the glorious mind. We are more engrossed in the drama of staying ahead of whatever we think is pursuing us. The spirit of our time is one of joyless urgency, preparing ourselves and our children to be means to inscrutable ends, to economic servitude. Friends, the spiritual life isn't about productivity. It's not monetizable. It's about books it's about the life of the mind it's about becoming wise it's about how we put it prayer is a waste of time we waste time with God we focus on old stories old heroes we love learning the other thing I hope you'll work with me as I share this I started not to tell you thought somebody would get annoyed with me but then when I prayed about it I think God wants me to talk about this Ron Robinson also uh, laments the way uh, the adjective Christian has been hijacked in our culture. Christian now, to neutral observers, seems to be this uh, sneering, cocky Christianity that is more vulgar than virtuous. I mean, our country may decide to do X, Y, or Z, but I just want to say, please don't call it Christian. <laughs> please don't call it Christian. Uh, Marilyn Robinson says this comes from uh, the radical right and what puzzles her is that those of us who are in the center or the way she puts it those of us who are uncantankerous <laughs> are strangely silent you know this kind of Christianity that's on the far right it's angry it's judgmental it says that the goods of the world are only for some people if you're poor you're blamed You're trying to get to this country from somewhere else, you're evil, and so on. Marilyn Robinson writes, I'm moving toward the conclusion that these Christians, if they've ever read their Bibles, are not much impressed by what they find there. If you read the Bible, it's interesting. The poor are never blamed or vilified in all of Scripture. In all of Scripture, the stranger, the alien, is never despised but is always welcomed. When Jesus talks about anything like a sword, it's something that he would have us to put down. You hear Christians now saying that if Jesus were around today, he would be armed and he would arm his disciples. Marilyn Robinson wrote about Jesus saying the first will be last and judge not. She says, we have it on good authority that prostitutes and sinners might well enter heaven before us. It is difficult to respond to this with a heartfelt amen if one has found comfort in despising people in whom Christ clearly finds great value. the bible says things like if you have the world's goods and see someone in need but close your heart against him how can you say god's love abides in you that's in the bible bible says that uh, you love the samaritan the samaritan is your neighbor but aid to those who are suffering i warn you week by week about political ideology being the idolatry of our day. I'm sure that that is right. That is the God that we bow down to. It is our political ideology. But it's not that you should just forget about political ideology, or one is just as good as another. Uh, They all have horrible faults in them and bad habits that we as Christians should be unhappy about. And I wanna name one, it's gerrymandering. Uh, most recently, Republicans in North Carolina have done gerrymandering, but Democrats had their day at gerrymandering. And if you look at maps where gerrymandering has happened, it's pretty interesting. They've created—if the, you show it to a child, the child will laugh. I thought of gerrymandering maps as a war shock test. If you showed it to someone as an ink blot, what are you seeing here? And you would look at it and you would say, "I think I see corruption." God does not gerrymander. God does not look down and draw a line where things will be to the advantage of some people and to the disadvantage of other people. It's just not a thing that God does, and it's not the kind of thing that you or I should be happy or content with. The Christians who founded this country wanted a representative democracy, they wanted a balance of powers. The Christians who founded this country did not want too much power concentrated in the hands of any one person. Joshua says, choose the Lord, not the gods of this land, not the gods of your ancestors. What does it mean to choose the Lord? We wanna think in ways that are true. We wanna think in ways that honor God. We wanna think in ways that help us fulfill the mission that God has given to us. It's not about my biases or what works to my advantage. It's not about my fears and my defensiveness. When we look in Scripture, we consider what God, Joshua says that, consider what God has done. Consider what God has done in Scripture. God didn't erect a meritocracy. God didn't erect a community where people would constantly be at odds with one another and trying to work to the other's disadvantage all the time God didn't create a world where we should be shrill and angry and judgmental God created a community of mercy God suggests that we have a holiness that knows how to be humble a holiness that is generous a holiness that is wise holiness that never sneers never judges never sheds meanness a christianity where our antenna are always up and we're attentive to when we are being driven by fear and remember that jesus said do not fear and we don't let our fears drive us we let the goodness of god the beauty of god's vision of life determine things we want a holiness that's curious we want a holiness that is how do i say it brave but not tough do you see the difference god wants us to be brave but does god want us to be tough to be brave i thought about this i've off this is my last thing uh, i have often said that uh with my friend sam wells uh, was the director of St. Martin's in the Fields in London, he wrote a book that said, the most important theological word in the Bible is with. God is with us. We are to be with other people. We're not supposed to be against other people. We are with other people. God is not against us. God is with us. I have a ride. I need to to write Sam and, and tell him this. I'm not sure with is the most important word in the Bible. The more I read it and the more I think about it, I think the most important theological word in the Bible is All. All. The Bible just seems bent on saying, uh, whatever is it's for all. It's for all. If there are goods in our world, we don't draw lines to exclude some and include those who are like us. It is for all. (laughs) And we are prepared to sacrifice so that all can have the goods of God's world, which is an education, health care, whatever it is, all. All. Uh, Something happened to me way back. I was a very, very young man. I was driving through Eastern North Carolina, and I was hungry, and I noticed this diner by the side of the road, and I pulled over, and I came in, I was the only customer. I ordered food, the cook, owner, I don't know who he was, very jovial guy, was preparing my sandwich, brought it to me, a second customer came in. He was still looking at the menu hadn't ordered yet, and then, this is so interesting, a a black man came in, and this uh, jovial cook became and more somber, and he looked at him and he said, "You know the drill. Tell me what you want. I'll bring it to you around back." The guy meekly went out. The customer next to me put his menu down and got up. And the cook said, "Where are you going?" The guy said, "I'm leaving." He said, "Why are you leaving?" He said, "If everybody ain't welcome." Ain't nobody welcome. If everybody ain't welcome, ain't nobody welcome. Let's get Christianity right. We've got a choice. Be like Jesus. Listen to Joshua. Be God's holy people. It really is for all. For all. Thanks be to God.
4: Let us go to God in prayer. God of all peoples, we rejoice that you have gathered us here, that you have called each of us by name and we do not remain just as ourselves. We form a beautiful community. It's a blessing to know we have this space together where we all come with our own fragilities, insecurities and securities comforts and discomforts of being in your presence. And as we all sit here, we give thanks and know that you are with us, knitting us together wonderfully and beautifully through the scriptures we have heard read. Lord, in your mercy. God, we are so thankful for your merciful heart. Many times we forget, neglect, and obscure our perspective on how to serve and follow you. We fall short on doing your will and your ways. In those moments, forgive us and heal us of our narrowed views and short-sighted perspective that err on benefiting ourselves rather than all, as you would have us do. Lord, in your mercy... Aching God, envelop our hearts with the compassion and tenderness that is you. We pray for your tenderness to be enacted through the ways we engage, interact, and navigate our social connections. May we, through this way of living, change one person, one neighborhood, one community, one county at a time. And that we may continue to ache and long for peace beyond our reach knowing that your spirit can impact even the hardest of hearts and so we lift specifically this morning the continued war in israel and gaza and palestine in ukraine lord we also lift to you our southern border we lift dehumanizing systemic matters that lower someone's worth where if you have called us to raise everybody's worth. Lord, in your mercy. God, we lift those whom are among us that are struggling with illness, body aches, heart aches, and spiritual aches. May we offer comfort for those who suffer, peace for the conflicted, and ease for the anxious and distressed. Lord, in your mercy, God of all peoples, you have heard our prayers, the spoken and unspoken. We offer them in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray together as a beautiful Mosaic family, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Church family, as we continue this time of worship and as the ushers come forward, we want to celebrate that the blood drive is happening in our basement right now. If you didn't sign up, that's okay. If you want to drop by and offer life to somebody who might not otherwise have it, um, please go by to the basement and give. And now let us give generously. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Lead us in the ways in which we use these gifts to further your kingdom for all people. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: have a choice. May our answer today be, take my life and let it be. Go now in peace from this place.